Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. This is Connor Bowserman, your host. And today we have two great guests. I have Pat and James Gilbert here from Preferred Financial Group. So Pat, James, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us on, Connor. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Appreciate it. So a little backstory on Pat and James. I know I try to give a little bit of a backstory on all the guests that come on, but Pat and James are people I've known for a long time. They're family. They're both my in-laws, even though I don't view them as that. But Pat and James are also father-son. And so before we kind of get into all the great stuff about investing, can you guys just give a little bit of a background on each of you guys? Sure. Yeah, I uh, graduated from Albion College back in... 1987. So if you do the math, you can kind of figure out I'm getting up there a little bit in age. Uh, but started my career with Prudential Financial and then uh, was with them for eight years. And then in 1995, I went on my own as an independent uh, financial advisor and have been doing that ever since. So it's been a the only adult job I've ever had has been in this industry. So that's uh, kind of unusual, I think. Uh, but it's been a great job for me and I've had Tremendous amount of fun doing it. Yeah, so I would like to say there's some big thing about how I watched my dad work and how I was really into investments and that type of thing, but unfortunately, that's not one of those stories. <laughs> uh, I graduated from Miller College here in Battle Creek, Michigan back in 2014. Really didn't have a plan, I guess, of what I really wanted to do. I uh, didn't, didn't get my degree in finance, but I worked in the uh, finance department of Kellogg's here in Battle Creek, but decided to join my dad, and I actually joined him right out of, right out of college as well. So this is really, again, the only adult job I've ever had, so I'll steal that line from you. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a great job. It's a rewarding job because I feel like the, the best part about the job is that you, you help people. I think financial literacy and understanding is something that's desperately needed nowadays, and so Having knowledge and then passing it along to younger families or just anybody in general is a rewarding career. That's awesome. I mean, between kind of the three of us, there's over 50 years of experience. So you guys are in for a real treat today, but you guys are part of Preferred Financial Group. Our headquarters is here in Portage, and then we also have an office in Battle Creek as well. But you guys are mainly working out of Marshall Community Credit Union. So can you guys talk a little bit about how you guys got started there and kind of the work that you do through the credit union? Yeah, our uh, broker-dealer, which is broker-dealers are kind of the ones that hold all your licenses and uh, make sure you're compliant with your continuing ad, and they sign off on all the trades that are made. Uh, they had somebody in the Marshall Community Credit Union probably starting in the 90s. And so one of the colleagues here that is actually part of uh, Preferred Financial Group, Rob Harrison, was over there in Marshall at the credit union. And back in 2012, asked me to join him there. He was uh, had an office here in, in Portage, and he was just too busy. So I got into the, the credit union Marshall in 2012, and then uh, James joined me over there in 2016. And uh, through just events that happened with uh, the three offices that we have uh, in uh, Marshall and Battle Creek and here in Portage, uh, James is really kind of running the day-to-day uh, things over in Marshall Community Credit Union. I'm still there a couple days a week, but James handles uh, that. Uh, that's been a really good fit in Harbor Investments. Our broker-dealer uh, has been great to work with with the credit union. It's been a win-win situation for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that it's been it's been great in the fact that even though we're not employees, 
they treat us like employees uh, because Harbor Investments is, has been there for so long. Really, the members and all that stuff really view us as part of the credit union. Uh, so it's a really great relationship because obviously, you know, we think of a community credit union. The members are great people. Uh, they're all kind of that hometown, small town, uh, just your average everyday people uh, that we work with. And it's it's been a great I would say at least five years I've been there, and it's been a great five years, um, both with clients and the and the credit union. So, yeah, I think the work that you guys do through through Marshall is different than even Harbor seeing through other credit unions and banks. It's worked out really well for you guys, but also through through Harbor as well. So, one thing I want to kind of lean on a little bit before we kind of dive into investment accounts and different type of investments is. What does it take to be successful when it comes to investing? So we want to lean a little bit on Pat because he's kind of seen the most uh, throughout his years. So got the gray hair. Yes. <laughs> so out of your years of experience, what would you say is like one of the main traits that it would take to be a successful investor? Consistency. You have to start somewhere. And for some people, it's you know as little as putting 25, 50 bucks a week or a month away. Just the consistency to do it and trust that over time, the market does what it always does. It goes on an upward trend, even though we have times where it's down. Just I tell people, remember the rule of 72, which is every seven years at an average interest rate of 10%, your money's going to double. And uh, you may earn that, you may not, but it gives you at least a benchmark to take a look at. So as you go in the future, as you're in your 20s, uh, you can figure out by the time you get 60, if you consistently put away what you're putting away, uh, where you're going to be. And so that consistency and being dedicated to do it, make it a priority because like anything in life, uh, other things happen. And if, if this isn't a priority, you quit investing and then eventually it makes it a rougher road to retire as you get uh, closer to that age. Yeah, I think that's something that we all agree on. And I think when everybody asks when the best time to start, and that was yesterday. And so, especially with this market and people have been sitting on the sidelines waiting for that perfect time to get in, and it's just never going to be the most perfect and opportune time. You just always have to put money away and be consistent in that. And I'll say this, the longer, at least from the, the clients that I've met with, that the longer you put off, investing for retirement, the more insurmountable it gets. So that was a great example. Like you said, the best time to start was yesterday. So it's never too late to start, but it's never too early to start either. Right. Let's say someone's ready to start investing and they're starting to maybe do some Googling on what they need to invest in or what the type of accounts. Uh, We're going to try and go over the different type of accounts that you are most likely to see or have the ability to invest in. James, can you tell us a little bit about uh, IRAs and Roth IRAs and kind of the difference between the two? Yeah, the the difference between the two is the Roth and the traditional IRA. The traditional IRA is more beneficial to somebody that's looking for tax deductions. I know a lot of people, um, when it comes to tax time, normally these tend to favor adults that are a little bit older in age, uh, maybe 40s to 50s to where they're looking for the tax deduction or uh, the reduction in taxable income. Because whatever you put into that uh, is going to be tax deductible. Uh, so, for example, if you made fifty uh, and you put five thousand into a traditional IRA, you are only taxed on forty-five thousand that you make. The Roth, uh, on the contrary, uh, is that you get no tax deduction going into the account because it's all after-tax money. 
But the big advantage to the Roth, and this tends to benefit, it benefits everybody, but it benefits especially the younger investors that no matter what the account of value is, once you reach the age of 59 and a half, and if you've held it for five years, the total balance in the Roth will be tax-free once you withdraw it. Kind of on the contrary with the traditional, once you do the tax deduction that you get, no matter what the account value is, once your retirement age, again, 59 and a half uh, in the traditional, 100% of that is taxable. So really, it just comes down to taxes and when you're taxed on the money and if you get a deduction or not. Yeah, those are really the big two that most people will have the opportunity of being in or will be in at some point. But most people have some kind of an option through their work, and that's usually what's called a defined contribution plan. So that'd be like a 401k, a 403b, or even a 457. Really, these are just different types of plans based on the IRS code or the type of work that they are in. So like, for example, a 401k is typically for-profit businesses, whether they're big or small, they're typically offering a 401k. And then a 403b is typically offered through like a school system, a church, or even a hospital. And then a 457 is mainly for your government employees, whether that's local city, state, or even some of your federal employees as well. And the name is kind of in the summary of what it is. A defined contribution plan is basically that you're putting in money into the plan. And sometimes the employer is putting money in as well and in some form of like a matching contribution. So for example, the average for most 401ks is a 3% match. So if I'm putting in 3% of my own pay, they're matching that 3%. So you get a total of 6% of a contribution into your plan. So that's kind of the, the main types of investment accounts when it comes to your retirement. But there are other type of investment accounts that you can put money in that's, you could say, retirement related, but they might be just for something that you could pull money out in, say, 10 years. Kind of what are the different investment accounts that they can invest in? Yeah, one of the accounts that's normally not used by younger generations, but uh, does have an advantage because you can control the tax on it, are annuities. And you can have those either be fixed rates where they're similar to CDs, where you get a fixed rate over a period of time, or they're variable ones that have stock and bond type investments inside those. The advantage to those is as long as the money stays in the annuity, the income tax on that is deferred. So you don't pay any income tax per year uh, if you don't take it out. So the only time you're taxed on those is when you actually get physical receipt of the money. So if you put into it for 20 or 30 years uh, and never touch it, you've never paid any income tax, you get to retirement and start to pull money out, you'll pay your taxes then. And those were one of the reasons those were developed is when you're in your working years, you're usually at a higher tax bracket because you're earning the most money that you ever have earned. When you retire, you're not working, so your income level drops, and you may pay a smaller income tax rate uh, when you're 65, let's say, versus when you're 45. Uh, so you would have been taxed at a higher rate if you'd had it in normal investments. You defer it uh, to later in life, we're at a lower tax bracket, and for some, uh, depending on income, you may pay little, if any, uh, income tax at all on those uh, kind of vehicles. And then there's also just your normal taxable accounts. Yeah, you got taxable accounts where you, uh, anything that you invest in that isn't under the umbrella of an annuity or an IRA, you generally get taxed on. 
So if you even have a checking account at a bank or a credit union, the interest they pay on those are taxable. You get a 1099 at the end of the year. Any any of those type of investments, CDs, money markets, uh, checking accounts, mutual funds, stocks and bonds are usually some form of uh, taxes paid on that uh, per year. Yeah, you just pay your taxes kind of as you go. But the big benefit to whether you're talking about the Roth or the IRA or the 401k is that you are deferring those taxes. So any of the growth that's inside of those accounts, whether you're talking about stocks or bonds or whatever it is, that is deferred growth. So you're not paying taxes on it while it's growing, which is different than the taxable account. Mm -hmm. So let's try to kind of get into the different investment options. Uh, So you've got these different investment accounts. And I think the best example that I can give when it comes to what you can put inside of them, because a lot of people come to you, hey, I want to invest in a Roth IRA. And the, the conversation they think stops there. They think like that's the investment. No, that's just, you know, the shell of the investment. And then you're putting stuff inside of that. I've had a lot of people that have asked me that, that they want to <laughs> invest in a Roth and an IRA. But technically, you can make multiple things, Roth or IRA. That's just what you're going to invest in uh, right. would make up the Roth or the traditional. Yeah. So the best way to look at it is like think of an IRA as just like a bucket. And then you can put these different investments inside of that bucket. So Pat, if you could explain kind of what a stock and a bond is. Yeah, stock, you're taking ownership in the company. So if you have Ford Motor Stock, uh, you're part owner really of that company. And it's a very, very small ownership part. And most companies have rules of how much stock somebody can own so you don't control all the voting rights. But uh, you're investing in that company or a stockholder in the company. So as the company goes, you go. So if they're doing very well, you're going to see good years. If they're struggling, you're going to have... Uh, some bad years that you have, but it's total ownership in that company. So if you have all your eggs in one basket, if it was all Ford Motor, then they're controlling 100% of the destiny of where you're going with your investment account. Uh, so we always recommend diversification between uh, stocks and bonds just so some choices are good, some are bad, and you don't know that at the time, but it just uh, evens out over time and gives you a lower risk level if you're owning some different stocks or bonds in different industries uh, owned by different companies. It helps uh, over time not to have those big uh, downs when the market uh, happens to be that way. So stock is ownership in a company. Bonds are the opposite. You're basically loaning the company money. And even a Ford Motor or some of the bigger companies, when they want to expand, build a new building, start a new line or something like that, instead of them using their own money uh, that they have set aside, they'll offer bonds out there to where you can buy those, and it's kind of the reverse of a bank. If you have a mortgage, you're paying the bank back at interest. Uh, bonds, if you buy them, is kind of you're the bank. They're paying you back all the money that you're going to loan them at an interest rate. So you're loaning some major corporations sometimes money so they can uh, continue to operate without using their own cash if they feel that is the best way for them to go. But one of the misnomers out there is always uh, that bonds are the safe investment. And we saw last year in 2022, that was not the case. Uh, Bonds are in the stock market. They can go up and down, but generally they don't have as much risk maybe as a a stock, but they're they're still uh, risk, even though they have an interest rate tied to them and that kind of stuff, uh, there's still risk there with them, Uh, but normally not as much as what a, a stock would hold. Right. 
And there's different even types of bonds. I mean, there's corporate bonds like that we just talked about with Ford, but then there's also the government type bonds. Um, mm-hmm. And a CD is pretty similar to that. But in this case, you're if you're investing at Marshall Community Credit Union, you're giving them a loan for a CD, and then they're promising to pay you back uh, with some interest as well. And so there's different types of bonds, whether that's corporate or even government. And different maturity dates where you yeah. will get the money back, but you got to wait 5, 10, 15, 30 years before you get your principal back. That all comes into play when you're looking at uh, investing, especially as a younger person. Right. And then that kind of leads into what are called ETFs or exchange-traded funds, also known as index funds. And basically what they're doing is they're just tied to a specific index. So an index, there's a couple examples. There's like the S&P 500. There's the NASDAQ. There's the Dow Jones, which is one of the oldest. But I'll kind of dive into like the S&P 500. And it stands for the Standards and Poor's 500. And basically it's the 500 biggest companies in the United States. So if you open up your phone, you're probably going to see about 10 of the top 15, probably right there on your homepage, um, or you flip over your phone, and that's probably one of them as well. And so inside this index, there's a bunch of different funds or different companies. And if you were to invest in that index, it's based on the market cap size of that company. So the bigger companies are going to make a bigger majority of that index. And then you might have a smaller big company, but they're still a part of that S&P 500. And so they may move up and down on that list based on how big they are. But overall, the biggest thing to know is that you're just investing in, you know, 500 big companies in the United States. And the plus side of the exchange traded funds is that they are cheap. Generally, they have a very low what's called an expense ratio. There's not much of a cost to that. And another positive is that the ETF can be treated like a stock and that, that they can be bought or sold almost instantaneously within market hours. So for the most part, it's pretty liquid. But you're also holding a bit of risk there, you know, whether that's the companies that are inside of those. And then another side of it, too, is that you're just investing in those indexes, whether you like that company or not, or whether you believe that those top companies are innovative and they're going to continue to go up or down. And so that might be a little bit different than than like a mutual fund. Yeah. Well, a lot of people probably listen to podcasts or thinking and said, wow, this is great information, but I don't know what to invest in. And I'm mm-hmm. going to say, well, I'm glad you asked because... With stocks and bonds and ETFs, those are, like Connor said, they're individual investments, but a mutual fund is a conglomerate of those. So uh, especially with the stocks and the bonds, uh, mutual funds, if you picture it as a window pane uh, where you got, uh, you know, part of your window and you got a bunch of different squares in there. If you think of a mutual fund like that, because inside that mutual fund, you might have a, a Ford stock, uh, then you might have a government bond, you might have um, ownership in a different company. They, it's a mixture of stocks and bonds with the potential to grow your money over time by not putting all of your eggs into one basket, so to speak, like you do with an individual stock or bond. I love these mutual funds because they're, especially for younger people, it takes the guesswork out of what to invest in because you are basically paying the mutual fund company to do it for you. They choose the bond or the stock based on what type of investor that you are. So if you're young, obviously you're an aggressive investor. So I do work with one of the mutual fund companies that that we deal with. I can run a hypothetical investment, which means that you're going back in time. Uh, If anybody has seen the greatest trilogy of all time, Back to the Future, you're pretty much being Marty or Biff and you're going back in time and saying, hey, if I were to invest money back in a 
past time, what would it be worth today? So in this example, uh, one of the mutual fund companies that we use, they have an aggressive style growth mutual fund. So you would be starting uh, back in 1973. You started with $250, and then you put $100 a month into this. With the $250 and with the $100 a month, uh, you have to pay a sales charge up front to get into the mutual fund. So your $250 gets a charge, your $100 gets a charge. That charge continues every time you put money into it every single month, but the more you get in your account, the growth over time, that fee goes less and less. But anyways, so you started in 1973, uh, 2022 is your end date. And over that 40 year period of time, your total account value is $1,044,990 with your average rate of return being 12%. Now, 12% doesn't sound like it's a blow you out of the water rate of return. But just going back to Pat's point at the beginning of the podcast, just that consistency of faithfully putting money away over time will lead to massive results. And I know everybody's thinking, you start with 250 and add $100? Wow, that didn't seem like a lot. No, it's not. But again, consistency over time, you guys will be amazed with what you can accomplish over 40 years. How much money did they contribute over that 40 years out of their pocket? $48,151 is your turned total. It, turned investment. it over a million. Turned it over a million. Yep. Time value money with interest is an amazing wonder in this world. And I actually met with a client the other day that said, well, I didn't know $100 a month could really do that. And so using hypotheticals like this really puts numbers on paper. And I think it really, again, just shows that time value of money and it really can knock your socks off, so to speak. Yeah, and I think years. there's like this like misconception that you have to make six figures to become a millionaire. And it really the truth of it is you just got to invest over a long period of time. You can't expect to invest for five years and just become a millionaire unless you just frankly got lucky. You got you picked one stock that ended up blowing up and doing really well. But the vast majority of Americans don't have that luxury or won't be lucky like that. Yeah, especially where where we're at today's society that uh, kind of the microwave generation of uh, I put it in and two seconds later I'm supposed to have a full retirement plan again to Connor's point the lottery is still out there people do still get lucky and things like that happen but most of the time it takes consistency and discipline to become a millionaire right if you guys didn't learn anything there I don't know if we can really help you to be honest <laughs> I'll probably cut that out but <laughs> No, I think that's super powerful stuff. I, you know, even as an 18 year old kid, I sat down with an advisor and he showed me a hypothetical, very similar to the one that, that James was just talking about. And basically just shows that you don't have to be making six figures or even really good money to put money away and then also be pretty wealthy at some point in time. Everybody needs to know what amount that they need to put away. And sometimes that's what the advisor can help you figure out because that dollar figure might be right for you and it might not be right for you. There's a certain amount of money that you're going to need at some point in time when you do decide to hang up and, and retire that creates an income for you to be able to live. And so that's something that we can help out with as advisors. And then even Pat and James can help out with if you're a part of the Marshall Community Credit Union or in the area. And then with that too, you just need to know what type of investments are right for you. That's something, again, that an advisor can help you figure out. There's costs and risk involved with pretty much any investment that you're going to be looking at, whether you're looking at something as simple as a CD in a bank to 
looking at an individual stock. There's there's a lot of that goes into it, and you can DIY it, but we recommend that you do meet with somebody and at least get some knowledge from us because that will lead you to, to bigger and better things on the other side. So one thing I wanted to ask you guys, which along with everybody else that comes on this podcast, is I want you guys to give a piece of life advice to another young family. Um, it doesn't have to be about money or investing. It can be literally anything. So Pat, can you tell us kind of what your piece of advice would be? You know, getting a little bit older, enjoy each phase of your life. When you start out, it's uh, so different. Once you're married, then if you start having kids, these chapters are all new and exciting, but they come with a cost, uh, not only financially, but of your time. So just enjoy each stage and learn to uh, just lean into it and enjoy the time that you have. And part of that is, uh, and the enjoyment of is, if you are married, you're a team with your spouse, be a team in the investment side too, your financial side, both sharing it, both know what's going on. But just enjoy uh, life and what it brings to you. This world has a lot of great things to offer. And one of them is, you know, spending time with those you love. And so just enjoy that time and uh, mature through it. And you're going to come out at the end when you retire. If you follow these guidelines that we talked about today, you're going to have money to retire on, to travel and do fun things. You can look back on your life and see all the trials you went through, all the joys, and it's going to be a great journey for you. So keep positive. Life can be difficult at times, especially for younger people uh, as uh, things change. But uh, just keep positive, keep disciplined in all the things that you do, and you're going to end up looking back on your life uh, with a smile on your face. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. That happens over 50 50 50, years of life. 58 years now of life, yeah. Well, I don't have quite that. Uh, all I have 32 years of experience. Uh, but yeah, kind of to, to your point that that there's been, and I'm no different than anybody else, I've had ups and I've had downs uh, in my life. There's no mountain, I guess, that's too high that you can't get over, even though, like I said, I've only been on this planet for 32 years. There's, there's always something better on the other side of whatever you're going through. Um, I heard a saying the other uh, the other day, and it's it stuck with me, and, and and I really enjoy it that there's the mountaintops and then the valleys, uh, but the growth only happens in the valley, and you have to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. So kind of to your point, Dad, there's going to be trials, there's going to be uh, some rough seas, but if you stay disciplined and you put your head down and go through it, you'll see that eventually it'll be worth it. That's some great stuff. And I think it ties pretty well into what we talked about today. And again, if, if you guys have any questions or want to learn a little bit more about not only investments, but Pat and James, what are some great ways that they can reach out to you guys? Yeah. So at Marshall Community Credit Union, they're in Marshall. Uh, our direct phone number is 9885 and then Pat and myself are both at extension 3110 uh, or if you're in the Marshall area you can always stop by and we always say if our door is open come on in. Yeah I uh, bought between um, the Battle Creek office Marshall Community Credit Union and our office here in Portage so uh, best probably is to call the Portage office here it's kind of our head base of operations at 269-978-6000. If we're not available right away, we'll get back with you as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, you can reach Marshall Credit Union or this number, and uh, any of us will get the same message. That's great. Again, thank you guys for coming on. Hope to do this again soon. All right. Thanks, Connor. Yeah, thanks, Connor. you got a great podcast going on.
Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowsman is a licensed financial advisor in any of the securities and advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments. Products and services provided are not NCOA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services. Some additional disclosures that we wanted to make because we did mention investment returns, a hypothetical performance, is that historical performance is not indicative of future results because that was what the market did during that 40-year period does not mean that you'll see the exact same same results as well.